please join me in welcoming Pastor Jade Kishuri. That is too funny. Thank you, Sparks. <laughs> Tiffany Haddish. Oh, wow. I know. It's true. I'm really giving thanks that my children are done in school. It is truly a thanksgiving. It really is. You should not have gone there. I might start crying over that one. Um, because God has been good and it's been quite a journey for me. Good morning, South. Good morning, South. It's good to be here. Um, yeah, it's a new month. Happy new month. It's April, the fourth month of the year. Has God been good? I know uh, Sparks did, whether you were in Two, three, one. Uh, how many were in one? That your first quarter was one. Two. Oh, George was in two. I know Pastor Angel's there whispering in two. It's been tough. Two. May the Lord refresh all the twos. Three. Hallelujah, hallelujah for watermelon space. <laughs> I know, Mutai is like, I know, I've been eating watermelons from uh, Captain Mutahi. Uh, so, may the Lord move you to a five. A four. Hallelujah. We thank God for those hands up. A five. Well done. We thank God for Stacy and Linda. May the Lord bless you and we give thanks for those fives in Jesus' name. So, happy Easter. We start the Easter holiday. Happy Easter. Tell your neighbor, It's Easter. It's Easter, and you know what happens? I think I've said it before. I don't enjoy the um, Christian holidays. Christmas is my, my worst. I mean, I, I've said it before. It's never the holiday I liked. Now, Easter, I really enjoyed. It was safari rally time for me. Those were the days. And then my mom used to be home four days. And my mom loved to cook. So there will be smells of passion juice currently, you know, that whole weekend baking and all that but over time i think easter changed for me and it became about a relationship with god it's amazing how it moved from uh, just a holiday of running to umoja i grew up in buru so cross to umoja nauko for the safari rally and then it just became about how the grace of god is amazing it became about the cross how many guys feel me I mean, when you're young, those are not the things. I mean, we went to church, yay. But now it's so real. I think it's the most, um, for me, it's the most amazing holiday ever. Like, it's the greatest time to be a believer because I get to celebrate and get to feel and to understand the mercy of God over my life. Now, mercy brought me here, and I shall publish those books. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Pastor Angie said something about free the future. And as she was talking, I wanted to say something we have been also been saying as we pray for ourselves. You see, the free the future is not only about finances. In fact, we talked about it. I think pretty much Sherry was in that call. You know, as guys after 4 30, by the way, there's a fellowship goes on for an hour. And I just say we don't log off most things. So this we just talked about how sometimes you're not in debt. And finance is not the big thing that is overwhelming you. But there's a barrier, a limitation in your life. There's a limitation. There's an area you feel there's a debt owed to you. That you know there's a promise in the word of God, but it has not come to be. So this free the future, because it's the word for our church. The, po the posture is just for you to say, let me obey. Because I want to free my future in all spheres. It's just not finances. I want to see my children married. You see now my prayers are about to change people. I've been bombarding you with prayers of, oh, they need to pass the 10 years. Now I'm about to say my oldest 22. In two years, may somebody send him a message. Hello, Nick? He should be having a girlfriend. I want to start saying hello. Uh, so those are my prayers. I want free the future. I, I'm a divorced person. 
The future I want for my children is not the future I got. I want them to have great marriages. So me, I'm not given. Not because I don't want to. I still don't know what to give. I still don't want to know what to give. The first time I gave, I gave a million. Because the Lord gave, told me, give a million. It was a time of great debt in my life. Great shame. I was in the newspaper being auctioned. You guys know this story. Now I'm asking the Lord, say the number. Then I'll start telling people that's the number. Because I'm at five, and he's me five million. Whatever he says, I'll say it. The day is accomplished, I'll come back and say, he did it. So I'm not worried about who says what. Me, I've understood that when the Lord gives a word, and I want to personalize it for myself, because I have things in my life, I shall give. So don't sit in there and say, finance is not the big thing. Yeah, a little bit, but. So free your future. Somebody say, free my future. Yeah, and my eyesight is gone. I cannot read my notes with my specs. So welcome, Avuno, to the month of April. And today we start a new series titled Reflections of Our Father. Is it up? The new series today uh, we are going to be covering is on Reflections of Our Father. And today is our first uh, sermon. And um, I want to begin by, let's agree. I want to begin by giving two scenarios that you need us to agree. That this is who we are, even as we enter into this series of fatherhood. So the first thing I want us to agree, that one of the challenges that we, in life that we all have in common is the desire to be in control. In fact, even this for the future, you want to be in control. Sparks wants to hear the Lord has written, Meneteketeke, peleka 100 shillings. Peleka 1 million. We want to remain in control. We want to make sure we have a say in everything that happens in our lives. We want to be consulted about everything. We agree that we are all like that. We want some measure of control. In fact, if you're parents, you want to even control your children's lives. Like you're, you're, you wake up knowing everything you're doing is to ensure their future. Now, it's, it doesn't sound so bad because in truth, all this is just geared towards finding peace and security. Really, it's just about finding peace and security, trying to make sure the future is good. Do we agree? Do you all agree we have a measure of control in our lives? Now, secondly, let's go to you who is a believer. You have this desire to experience a powerful Christian life that rises above challenges of life. But we tend to see it like it's for a few anointed people. Yes, I'm a believer, and I want to have this powerful Christian life where people look like they have released all control to God. They are flowing with it, you know. You are men and women of God. You know, you want to be like Kwairimo, or you want to be like Kranja, who says, the Lord has said, I go, and I'm going. Like, wow, how do they hear that and just move? By the way, Mavuno South, well done. May the Lord bless you greatly. You guys supported Ranja. You were able to give him a contribution of 68,000 shillings on one day. The Lord is good. We praise the Lord. But it's Itoshe. Sibadu election in August. Please continue to support him. If you want to give without, um, what is that word? I've forgotten the word. Without being known. There's an English word for it. Anonymously. Please see Pastor Jack. You can use our pay bill number and the, the account name can just be Ranja. We will definitely pass the money to him. Keep supporting him. That is just one month. I'm very sure he's already probably gone through all that with the campaign or nearly about to. So August is the election. We still have four more months or so. Let's support our brother in this uh, act of obedience that is given the Lord. Amen? But may the Lord bless you greatly. So you want to be like the man of God and lose control and say, I don't know, I'm dragging my, my wife and three children to elections. But for many believers, they settle for a nominal life because that level of release of control is kind of hard. Remaining only at the level of confession mostly or at below, well below the potential that is in the promises of God about them, about you in your scripture. So just leave, remain below it. Now, at the root of this reasoning for these two sets of outlook of life is a question of identity. Somebody say identity. 
Control is rooted from identity. It flows from identity. This is the desire for an individual to feel empowered, to live according to their terms and their rights, meeting personal responsibility and societal wants too. Can I repeat that? This identity is the desire for an individual, for you and you, to feel empowered to live according to your terms and your rights, meeting personal responsibilities and societal wants too. We agree. So we can say an individual's identity informs or shapes your self-image. Identity defines and determines one's behaviors, habits, beliefs, relationships you align to, and responsibility. Generally informs the world who you are and what you live by. That's what your identity does. It tells us who you are and what you're living by. It allows people to gain access and be part of groups and gain a sense of belonging in their social world. You guys say you're Mavunites. Isn't that a form of your identity? So you belong to this group. The more people identify with a particular person or group, the more the person or group plays a role in shaping how people feel about themselves. Do you get that? So the more you're, you're, you're in, uh, identifying with this group or with a Mavuno or whichever group you're in, you play a role in shaping how people feel about themselves and who they become. So you influence the people you're with. That's what you're saying. Your identity can influence, yeah? So today I want us to see that at the core of one's identity, at the core, their relationship with God should be where they are rooted. Should be where they are rooted. At the core of your identity. You should be where? Founded on who God says you are. To see how your relationship with God should define you and determine your reason for being. So today, Sam, that's what we are going to be trying to achieve this whole month. For you to understand who you are if your identity is rooted in God. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for this morning. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy. We welcome you again and we continue to be in your presence. We ask that even as we engage with this word, that Father, it will do that that it needs to do in each one of us. We shall be blessed, we shall be transformed, and we shall be glorified in it. In Jesus' name we pray. Now, for us, to, before we even get there, there is a barrier that poses a challenge to mankind from being able to root their identity in God. There is a barrier. Anthony, there is a barrier. You agree? There is a barrier. This great challenge arises from God's attribute as a father. Anthony led, led us through uh, the prayer today, and he was calling Abba Father. But then we are also saying we can call out that name. We cannot say it, but there's a barrier that arises because of who God is as a father. We have not fully engaged. This has made it difficult for people to find and root their identity in God. Accepting him, accept him as father what it means is responding to him as source, as a provider, as a protector, as a disciplinarian, as your guide, as a lawmaker, your encourager, your motivator, and counselor. Do you agree that's who the Lord is? I mean, that's who a father should be, right? Theologian J.J. Parker wrote, if you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of the thoughts of being God's child and having God as his father. Let me repeat that. If you want to judge, just ask your question, yourself this question as we go through this sermon series. Even today's sermon. If you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, if you want to understand how well you understand your faith, find out how much you know or thought, the thought of being God's child and having God as, his, as your father. How does that make you feel? The truth of the matter is that many people have a challenge of seeing God as father because of their experiences with their earthly fathers. That's the truth. We see it often. So this series aims at unveiling the truth about your identity, our identity. What our identity should be about. It will challenge the orphan spirit, the orphan spirit of where you are in relationship with God but you do not get your identity in God as father. So you're a believer, but you have an offer spirit because you have not seen God as your father. That will be next week's sermon. 
Then there will be the other side. They will also try to find out finding healing from father wounds, which have skewed your lens, caused by earthly fathers and seeking restoration of identity as children of God and Him as our Father. We'll also engage effectively the responsibility and inheritance that accrues from this relationship. So we'll also get to see what actually are the benefits of being in a relationship with God as a father. Engaging in the attribute of God as father. Amen? So our sermon today is titled, Who is your daddy? Tell your neighbor, who's your daddy? <laughs> Tell your behind neighbor, who is your daddy? <laughs> now, one of the ways, let's just agree, one of the ways we easily tend to see God as first is Lord. How many agree? Lord, Almighty, Yoni, is for Haitian and you have that Lord. I mean, we had the Lord of Hastings. If you have watched me, I love historical English, British ways. So I really understand how they are feared and reverence and it's not a place of just talking to them until they talk to you. You know, that's how Lord is. They don't talk, you don't talk to them until they talk to you. And then you're in the room, you hear all the secrets, but it's not your place to say anything. So we tend to recognize that he is the creator of everything. That God is a creator of you and I. We see him. He's the Lord. He's the creator of all, uh, everything, the animals, the rain. And we best describe this by saying uh, how we see our landlords. A landlord provides a lease agreement. We see him as a lawgiver. We pay rent. We go to him to resolve our housing problems. Then we feel uncomfortable when he visits and calls out where there are issues in the housing. In fact, when he visits, you want to talk to him at the door. There are rooms you don't want him to enter, isn't it? You don't want your landlord to get the kitchen. Maybe you have already broken a few things. Like, you manage your landlord. You can even talk to him at the door. Like, you do not allow him access to every area of your life. That's how we see God. Do we agree? I mean, even you are a believer. He's Lord. I mean, you operate from, he can open up the ground and swallow you. Yeah. Me, I know I've, I've seen him like that. And I've feared him in that way. So we become comfortable being consumers for our own comfort. So you tick the box of being a believer. You tick the box of being, yeah, I appreciate that God is a creator. You know, you're probably a believer, but you're like, I was created by God. We find it so challenging to relate to him as a father, unable to see yourself as his child. So this becomes a problem as we end up missing out on the most foundational nature of God, leading us to experience the fatherhood of God and the benefits of this relationship. Are you with me? Are you with me? So this way of looking at God, it limits us from seeing God as our father. So which is the foundational nature of God? Truly, it was foundational. And then we miss out on the benefits of this relationship. This challenge is further supported by how we consider fathers today. Yani society, those who have kids, you have seen those cartoons. I think when Peppa Pig makes the dad looks like, wah, 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 wah. Like he has no sense. I mean, I'm like, who, did, who does these cartoons? Like even the society have completely destroyed. They make fun of fathers. The culture downplays the roles of fathers. Hey, I mean, honestly, don't let your kids watch. Some of form of feminist, some form, let me see, it's not all bad, have gone as far as to say that fathers are completely old age idea, antiquated, and unnecessary aspect, except as sperm donors. Have you guys encountered that story? People saying there's no point. What will they do? Before you go any further, let's agree who is a father and what are the qualities of a father so that we can actually start seeing what are we talking about when you want to say the attribute of God as a father. Where is it coming from? So in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for father is Ab. Abba meaning Baba or Daddy. In the New Testament, the Greek word for father is Pater or Pater. I don't know how they say it. This was denoted... Um, 
This would mean very basic concepts that include the following. He's a source, I think I'd say, nourisher, sustainer, supporter, founder, and protector. So it is, those are the qualities. And the Jews call them Abba. As guys call them, we call our fathers dad, papa, you know. So source means a father is an initiator. Your DNA coding. The father is a DNA coding and coding. He's a giver of life. He's a creator. Agreed? Sustainer. He provides, sustains, nourishes, upholds, protects, and supports. He's our supporter. He's a tradition carrier. In many cultural ways, even now, even other areas, we carry the man's name. You get married, you lose your identity, you acquire. If you're not married, you carry your father's name. Or in some way, there's, yeah, there's a lineage of a man under you, over your head. Father is the one who teaches, who provides nutrients and resources that develop, enrich, expand, grow, and deploy that which comes from him. If your father here, you're wondering, see, you pay your memo. You pay your memo, George. Which one were you not given the memo? I can read it again. <laughs> now, unfortunately, when I you know your names, I will not preach to myself. Yeah? Foundation. The concept of father also includes a founder. They are the foundation. At the start of an ancestral line is the father. He begins the heritage for all his seed. The man, the father, was given the responsibility not only to start and provide the future generation, but also to give that generation identity. Fatherhood is identity. It is what it is. We can beat drums, <laughs> but it is what it is. Fathers truly were meant and are the foundation of identity and family. So fathers are critical. Do you agree fathers are critical? Men as fathers are critical. And when I say fathers, it's fatherhood. Because you are a man, there's an element that even if you have not born a child, you are still a you are calling to fatherhood. You truly are. It is what you are created to. Your DNA is like that. That's what God meant. They are critical even as life choices and circumstances grow as one of a father naturally, of death. Even when death happens, it still doesn't negate the fact that a father is still critical. Sad as that it is. This is not only about an absent father physically. There's absent fathers when there's separation and they're not cooperating, there's divorce, where women have been left to single parent. That's an absent father, and fatherhood is missing. Even one who is present physically, but does not engage with the family, you have absconded your role. You have absconded your role to engage with the well-being of your children, emotionally or mentally. That is still considered an absentee father. Right? It's still considered an absentee father. Now, if you've had a great dad, you have a great dad currently, or at some point your relationship with your dad turned to be great. That happened to me. My first couple of years initially were not so great. Then the last 20-something years of my life with my dad were wonderful. Does not mean you check out of this someone. Listening and allow this to be a check-in with yourself whether there are any blind spots in how you relate with God as father because of your relationship with God, with your father, your earthly father. You might discover that you have not been relating with God as your father as you should have all along. This is because fatherhood is relational. Tell your neighbor, fatherhood is relational. Chris, tell your friend, fatherhood is relational. Karibuni sana. So our uh, new visitor today. And because it is, there will be wounds that can still affect how one has a relationship with God. Because no human is. Are you all perfect here? Even our great dads are not perfect. Do we agree? And because fatherhood is relation, it means there will be wounds that will come out from it. Unconsciously, subconsciously. So engage with this someone, even if you believe and you know that your father is, is a great dad. Just check with yourself. Have I left myself a loophole where I do not engage with God as a father? Because these wounds bring about issues that we have all seen to some degree 
um, in, the, in our communities, in the world. We have seen the effects of um, lack of proper uh, fathering in our families. You know, identity issues, lack of direction, guidance, manhood issues, self-esteem issues. I mean, even I can tell you as a counselor, many of the issues that come from couples is not marital, it's individual issues that are rooted from their childhood. And yet they might have had great, uh, what we consider good upbringing and good childhood, but there are wounds that festered and stuck and stayed. So we're saying don't check out. Ask yourself the question that that uh, theologian said. Do you see yourself having a relationship with God? I do know that even in these challenges, we have seen interventions. I've seen it in my children's life, which I'm very grateful for, that help to bridge the gap. But without God, it still proves a challenge. Do you hear me? Even with the gaps that we have tried to measure, man enough, I know people, I remember when I joined Mavun, one of my biggest battles with was Pastor Simon was the first, third month, he did father, father what? Father wounds. I don't know whether, 209 March, I remember. After the first time, I told me, you stay there, man of God. I'm going to Mavuno kids. I'll bring my children. All those things you have said, you will pray over them and remove it. I feel you cast my children. It, that's how we became friends with Pastor Simon. I was so upset. I was like, you're casting my, my children. So I understand all these statistics and everything. But with God, there's intervention. But then I've also understood. Without God for them, understanding God for themselves, even with the intervention, kunavile which is what we are doing today. Even you, with a great father, without God, seeing God as your father, you still have challenges in your life. So without God, is still a challenge. Amen? So these issues that we have just talked about are as a result of fatherhood as God intended to be not being. It has been corrupted from the time of Adam and Eve. The Bible states clearly that by one man, one man, sin entered the world. God made man in his image and likeness. But this man rebelled against the instruction of God and started bearing children in his fallen image and likeness. The kind of things he started to bear were sexual immorality, started yani, to give forth impurity, debauchery, adultery, witchcraft, hatred, selfishness, fits of rage, you know, envy, drunkenness, all manner of immoral stuff. Man became like his new source of knowledge of good and evil. Do we agree? We became like Satan. The devil himself. Imagine that's what came, what happened. Fatherhood was corrupted. And we started fashioning ourselves uh, the way the devil is. Even it's not to me who's saying it. Jesus said it. He said in John 8, uh, John chapter 8, verse 41, 44, he said, You are doing the works of your own father. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. Now the people are responding to Jesus. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you'd love me, for I've come here from God. I've not come on my own, God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Ask yourself, why can't you not hear that? Why is the attitude that God is your father not clear? Why is you not able to engage? Ask yourself, why can I not hear you? Because you're unable to hear what I say. That's what Jesus said. You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires? Who was a murderer from the beginning? Not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. Somebody say, ouch. Ouch. That if you've missed the attribute of God as your father, who is your father? Who is your daddy? Uh-uh. Somebody say no. When he lies, he speaks native language for he's a liar and the father of lies. This means that God is not father of all. He may be the creator. We have all agreed. He's a Lord. He's a creator, sustainer, all those things. But just as we have fathers, but when we run away, he may be creator just as, we, just as we have fathers. But when we run away, we are parented by others in the place of our father. So you understand if you don't see God as your father, someone will fill that gap, isn't it? Even when our earthly fathers are not there, 
if it's not intentional, like for me who's a single mom, if I'm not intentional of allowing certain men in my children's life, they'll be fathered by anyone. If I'm not intentional about introducing them to God, anybody, any man who speaks, there is that need. So it will be filled. So even us, when we run away from God and do not engage with God as the attribute of father, that gap of fatherhood will be filled. And Jesus has told us who fills it. Somebody say, no, no, not me. But God does not want us to stay there. Hallelujah. There is hope, people. There is what? There is hope. This is what uh, the Apostle John said in 1 John 3, 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Somebody say amen. This series is very um, life-giving. If you truly engage with it and truly understand and decide and engage with who the Father is, I guarantee your life will never be the same again. This attribute of fatherhood is everything. Your identity being rooted in him is everything. Because imagine, behold, what manner of love the Father has betold upon us that we should be called the sons of God. We should be called the sons of God. John 1, 12 says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Amen? Somebody say there is hope. There is hope. Purity, there is hope. There is hope, Carol. There is hope. There is hope. So how do we go back to God as our father? That's the question today. How do we go back to rooting identity into Christ? How do we go back to saying, um, Father, you are my father. How do we engage with this attribute of God as a father? First, we are not God's children by physical birth. Nicodemus. Do I need to go back to be born again? Hallelujah. We are not those people. It is not by character. You will never be that good that just because you're good, uh, you are now back into fold of the family of Jesus. That's not it. It's not by works. When we ask you to wake up at 4.30, that is just a discipline of growing in relationship with God. But it's not the only thing. It's not that you're saying, if I do that now, it's the only way I become. It's not by works. Do you get my point? It's not by works. We get back to God by adoption. Somebody say there's hope. There's hope. John 1 12 says, but as many which had just read received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Whereas being born again refers primarily to the means of entering God's family, adoption now, and we see it even in Romans, highlights the privilege of this new relationship. You see, you can enter and you can be seen and born again. You know? Uh, Pastor Angie's boys can say yes, we are Kimarus now. But if they are not adopted, they may, if they don't feel they belong, the privilege of that relationship, they will not get it. The benefits of that relationship. Yeah? Galatians 4, 3 says to 6. So also we, whether Jew, Jews or Gentiles, you know as guys fall on the Gentile side, when you were children, spiritually immature, so you were born again. As I said, remember the first condition I said, we are believers, but we are just okay with confession. The men and God of Akina, you know, Ranja, Akina Jones, the ones who hear the Lord and run with it. It's for those people. But now we're kept like slaves under the elementary of our own thinking, man-made religious or philosophical teachings of the world. In this case, the wounds that we have experienced, the experiences we have had with our earthly fathers, but when in God's plan, the proper time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the regulations of the law. So you encounter God even with those situations in your life. By the grace of God, you encounter God. 
so that he may redeem and liberate those who are under the law, that we who believe may be adopted as sons, as God's children with all rights as fully grown members of a family. So he comes and says, I want to adopt you. I want you to become part of my family. And because you really are his sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. Somebody say hallelujah. And because you are really his sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. When you were adopted, we got the right to call him Father, Abba. If you believe that you're in the kingdom of God, this attribute of fatherhood should be just the easiest thing. To be in his presence and call him Abba Father. So therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then also an heir through the gracious act of God, through Christ. Amen? Have you seen a way on how you become the, in the kingdom of God? How God becomes your father. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Leo Sina jokes. Because this story of fatherhood is very deep for me. It's very deep for me. It changed for me everything. Even with my dad passing, it has allowed me to still be able to stand and praise. Because my father is still alive. God the father, my Abba father, he's my papa. It's reached a point you have to supersede your natural father in order to put God above all else. And in that you flow. Your identity flows. I may be called a Gishuri, but the one I even carry with more pride, my own with pride and humble and everything, the one I relish is that I'm a child of God. Is that I'm a child of God. That is the one I, yani, if I'm cut, may Jesus flow. May you not see Gishuri. And I loved my dad, you all know I did. That's not the point. Engaging with God as your father has just another level of allowing you to experience life in abundance. I can assure you it is not experienced any other way. Abundance does not come outside God as your father. So the Lord has assured us of adoption, giving us not only permission to call him father, but welcomes us to do so. That's what that verse said. He's welcomed us to do so. He's waiting for us to call him father. Abba, I call him Papa. And as sons, you, we are considered a full-fledged member of the family with all their rights and privileges. These rights and privileges are in the word of God. If you're asking what are these rights and privileges I'm talking about, all those promises are in the word of God. Those promises, those Bible verses, if you have been reading through the Bible, the words that are spoken there, they're about you. Because that's what it means to be adopted in the kingdom of God. Somebody say, God is my father. God is my father. And as we said, it's a relationship. See, we have agreed. Fatherhood is relation. It's relational. It's actually relational. There is a part we must play, even us. Just the same way you're, if you have children or younger people in your life, it's a relationship, isn't it? There is a part they also must, they must play. God does his loving and giving us as, by giving us his son so that we can be adopted into his family. And then he told us, call me father. I'm your Abba. I'm your Abba. That's what the Lord is saying. I'm your father. So our response, our part that we need to for this journey to begin, for you who's come here and you're saying, actually it has been a bit hard. Or even you who's saying, I think I'm somewhere. But let me give you three ways that you can start relating with God as your father. This is our response. Number one is followership. You must make a decision. Now, do not wait for feelings or writings on the wall. Hallelujah. Do not make it about feelings. Followership is a choice. It's a choice you'll make this day to intentionally to be in a relationship with God. 
to be intentionally to say, I want to relate to you, God, as my father. So you make a choice. You make a definite decision to follow all things Christ. Because you were told to get to the father is through Christ, right? So Christ has already shown us the way. So you, you make the decision to follow Christ. Wounds or no wounds, great father or no great father, you make the decision, cautious decision, today I want to follow Christ and all things that are Christ. Followership is dying to self. And I like to say it will cost you. Even Matthew, even his Shazenabai, it will cost you. This costing is not the one that you feel like you must avoid. It will cost you because you have to give up. What did we talk about in the beginning? Control. You must give up control, which you all said is a struggle. Followership, will, it will be a constant struggle with society and cultural beliefs. You will be constantly in struggle with it. You will be torn between the two. But if you have made the decision to follow Christ and to fashion your life around Christ, to enter into that relationship, accept, expect uh, controversy, expect struggle, expect people not to understand. When the Lord came into ministry, Guys were like, surely you have lost your mind. You're quitting your job with three children. Mavuno has no medical cover. That's our whole story. Had a child who was sick every other day. And I can assure you, I thought about it. I cried about it. It costed me many nights of sleep. It costed me, people call me foolish. My mom did not speak to me for a month. It will cost you. The struggle is real. Somebody wants to you know that thing of turn the cheek to the other? I mean, it's not catch, it's not societal uh, norms. Eh? Will Smith ali tuonesha. Sasa tutamuita mavuno. We'll send him this sermon. I mean, we, we, we conform. You're a Christian, but you want to take arms. But the word of God says, no, you can't take arms. If I, it's so costly that Jesus, when you're following Christ, followership, he actually came as a servant. Remember even the Jews are expecting war and fights and all those things. But he came as a servant. So ask yourself, am I following Christ or a, a, a version of my own making of Christ? Just ask yourself, who am I following? Because following is becoming Christ-like. It's not becoming like Paris. It's not becoming like that. You are following to become like Christ. Ask yourself, I, can you tell, Esther, is your life follow, look like following Christ? He says, like, don't call my name. You must move from your comfort zone. That's what I'm saying. Followership says you cannot stay the same. There's, a, there's videos by another in YouTube, anyway, Bible reading, and they like saying the kingdom of God is upside down. For real, it's upside down kingdom. So you're in this world living an upside down kingdom because it's nothing of this world supposed to look the same as you. So are you following Christ? The second thing is total dependency. Remember, we are talking about what is your part. See, Jesus, God has done his part. He has invited you to call him Father to get the attribute of Abba. So what is your part? The second part is total dependency. This means submitting totally yourself totally to God and depending on him as your father. We already described who father was. Your source, sustainer, provider, protector, counselor. Remember all those descriptions we gave? So now you decide, I will totally depend on God. When I wake up in the morning, Yes, I want to worry, but I give that worry to God, my Father, and say, you are my source. You are my sustainer. You are my provider. You are my protector. You are my counselor. You are my guide. And in this place of total dependency, let me tell you, because when you're in total dependency, it becomes a place of intimacy. The reason being is that you, you, you act out of obedience because now you're totally depending on God, yeah? So this grows your intimacy with God because you're relating on another level. You're not even seeking to understand 
Jade, leave this organization with your nini nini, go work here. They're saying they'll give you 10K after tax, it's 8,000 and something. That's what Akina Pasanji told me. Me and my own three children in a whole boardroom. But I was there saying, the Lord has said, I must leave. Yani, let me tell you, there are many people who talk to me about that decision. But then it's, it sounded so foolish even to my own head. But I didn't doubt that the Lord had said it. Did it cost me? Yes. Did I benefit? Oh, wow. The Lord is my father. He's my Abba. Ask yourself, is your, are you dependent on God? Do you spend time with God in devotion? Because he invited you in. How are you growing in intimacy with God? Because the more you depend on him, that's what total dependency is. There's a level of intimacy you get with God. And that's what he's desiring of us. That's what fatherhood is. That's what, what fatherhood is. Some of you know your child just needs to scream in the other room. Daddy or mommy, even you as a parent, you know. And you, you forget that you are sleepy. You forget that tomorrow. You run. Sanjo was telling me the other day how she woke up and went to her child's room with her eyes closed. They even stopped crying because they're like, what's wrong with her? Because she was a so full zombie. She was not awake, but she had cries. She just ran. So they even went quite out of shock, like, what's wrong with her? <laughs> I mean, that's the reaction. Like, you know, the Lord is waiting. He's eager to be that to us. So is your total dependency on that. Growing your intimacy in God. Inviting God first in all your decisions and choices. And total dependency, again, I'll say, this part of God is not about feelings. Truly speaking, it's a skill you have to acquire. It's something you have to keep practicing. You have to be intentional about it. You have to be conscious about it. It just doesn't happen. I'll be lying to you if I told you you feel a certain kind of way. You'll have to be seeing it happening, and then you consciously make the decision, I'm going to depend on God. You'll have to be hearing that uh, you're passing someone and there's this big need. And you hear the Lord telling you, give. I can tell you as a single mom, giving has been one of my tough. Me, I've said it before. Not because I don't want to give. I used to give a lot when I was in corporate. But when I left and then now I'm seeing the kids, yeah, I used to think even giving to myself was hard. I can't lie. I've had therapy for myself. It's one of the biggest things out of therapy. Buying a shoe for myself was hard because all I could think is my kids will starve because of this decision I've made <laughs> that I consciously made. And I was like, God, don't punish my children. But then I, I, as I've grown into relationship, of course now I, I buy myself one or two things. Then I tell Pasanji, let's pray. I need unga. Na handbag jana. But I need the handbag. But the Lord is my source. So, or I give. Like COVID, there was so much to give. And it's not even about the amount of money you give. You just see needs, and if it's put in your heart and you have a handed book, Peano your harambe online. You don't need to know the person. Your dependency is on God. Total dependency. If the Lord, if you're a believer and the Lord lands it in you, just share what you have. Then wait on the Lord. I'm a receiver of many people in this congregation, myself. They have supported me, even this season of school fees for my kids. I kind of was a bit hard. And I am grateful because I depend on God. And they also gave out of their obedience to God. That is what it means to grow in intimacy with God. The third thing is honor. Remember I keep saying it's not about feelings, right? It's intentional. Then it will flow. You, you have to de decide to acknowledge God's authority. When people look at you, everyone recognizes that God is clearly at work in your life. Captain Mutahi, when we see Captain Mutahi, we can know. When he speaks, he doesn't say, need to say, praise the Lord, then removes a few verses, all growing PCA, where Ushuhuda was the first half an hour before you get to the meat of the story. You don't need the way you carry yourself, how you speak. Because we're entering into these political stages. Forget what Pastor Jack says, that I'm my whatever instigator of all things politics. 
But in spaces where you know your voice matters, don't be flippant with your remarks. Don't be just uko sending thumbs up just because you want to fit in. We said our kingdom is an upside down kingdom. And you honor God by carrying his authority, acknowledging who is in your life. He is truly your father. Making sure you, your whole life reflects that God is your father. So you become a teacher, of your, a student rather, of how do I become a son of God. How do I become a child of God? You decide to study, to learn. And it's in the word of God. It's in these teachings that we are given. How do you make sure your whole life reflects that God is your father? In your talk, family. In your finances. Are you honoring God with your finances? And it's not just about tithe and offerings and for the future. Have you made God a priority? Where is your heart? Where is the treasure of your heart? Is God your priority? Is God your priority? Your time. Your time. We have said it before in this pulpit. I think even Pastor M said it one of the nights. Getting to church late. Worshiping Meisha. We get in. I know life happens, even me, I've been late. I'm not talking about life happening. You've made a conscious decision. I don't want to, you know, it's, it's okay. After all, it's the word I want. But the service is what we have. This, uh, our church has made the way it is. We start with worship, we pray. I mean, honor your, t God's, your time, with, uh, God with your time. Do you hear what I'm saying? Clearly, this month is going to be rough for us. <laughs> Give God all the glory. It's my last point on honoring. Do not be prideful. Honoring is not to be prideful. Usikwe apokisema, I do this, I've done this. Give God the glory. You are here praying and asking the Lord, help, help, help. But when it comes and the Lord has answered, you don't come back to say thank you. You don't go back to tell the Lord, thank you. You receive the accolades like it's yours. You get that doctorate, PhD. So Jack, say amen. But you don't say that this PhD is by God's doing. No, Pastor Jack says. I know you all think he's doing, he's doing PhD. Soon. <laughs> huh? You need to honor God and not be prideful. That is one other area of, and do not, as I said, it's not about feelings. Be conscious about it. In spaces that you're in, give God glory. Give God glory every aspect of your life. Don't limit it to your DG group. When you meet Pastor Angie, is when you're able to say, hey, I give God glory, he's done this. But tuko kuingine, you're talking about how you're in Fula. I've done this and done that. Come on, Jackie. <laughs> so give God glory. So as I come to the end of this first sermon, because that's it, we're working towards how do we return our relation back to, with God to a fatherhood place. Because I, I guarantee you, in that relationship of fatherhood, Abundance of life is a guarantee. A thriving, abundant life is a guarantee. When God is your Abba, he's your father. I mean, even Jesus taught us, by realigning us so well to our source of identity, the prayer he taught, align us to ground our relationship from a place of identifying with God as his children. Isn't that what he did? So this month, we want to realign. We want to realign ourselves to the attitude of God our Father. We said we want to not be in control, we want to be fathered. We want to be in a relationship. And we do this by honoring, by totally depending on him, by following, by becoming Christ-like. 
Oh, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Does your life reflect that? You've already said you're our Father. Do you see how Jesus had already told us what it looks like? This is what the relationship that God desired of us. A sonship relationship. So the call today is to root your identity in God. Today, someone was to ask yourself, am I rooted in God as, is, he my, is where my identity comes from? Is it my husband? Is it my wife? Is it my family? Is it the role of the job I have? Is it the title I carry? Is the position I have in society, in my family? I'm rooted in identity. Nikiingia kwa familia, I'm chairman. And from there, everything else flows. Telling you, struggle in life. So I'll invite Pastor Angie to pray for us. And in you pray for us, that would you root for those ones who want, first of all, even to say, can I start asking God to help me forgive my dad, my earthly father? To heal, I've forgiven when in a good space, but there are wounds. Even as the Lord revealed to me any wounds that I may be carrying that stops me from seeing God, you as my father. Because they are there and is capable of doing it. Then ask, the prayer is also to say, today, Lord, can I start calling you Abba, Father? Can you be my Papa? Can I honor you, Father? Can I be a leader, a life of total dependency? Can my life reflect Christ-like? Amen? Amen? See you next week. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Jade. I want to just give us some time to reflect. And then I'll, I'm going to ask you to reflect on this song. Um, but I want you to do the first thing that Pastor Jade said. She said... Um, Fathers are critical, but our, our experiences have clouded our perspectives of, of fathers. So whether you have felt abandoned by death, your father has been absent, your earthly father making you feel abandoned, or he's been present but absent, so you have bitterness. He's been present and engaging, but because he is human, he is still limited. I want to invite you to close your eyes with me right now. And I just want us to acknowledge where you feel let down by your father or a father figure in your life. And just acknowledge and say, Father, I feel so let down. So many times I've met men, I've experienced my own father a certain way. And so I have these walls have this perspective that just cuts me off from relating to you as a father. It just cuts me off and I, I don't know what to do about it. I literally don't know what to do. And when I look in the mirror, instead of seeing the reflection of me being a child of the Lion of Judah, I see myself as just a mere cat. this and Pastor, said, uh, Pastor Jade said in, in John 1 12 to 13 that we need to receive God as a father the passage said but, but as to as many as did receive and welcome him he gave the right yani he gave you the authority and the privilege to become a child of God that is to those who believe in him, who adhere to, who trust in, and who rely on his name, who are born not of blood, not of the will of flesh, nor of that of man, but that of God. That is the divine and supernatural birth. You are born of God, you are spiritually transformed, and you are sanctified. Father, this is our posture that you will teach us how to be sons and daughters. Teach us how to see you as you see us. So I'm going to invite you to just say, Father, I receive you as Abba in my life, even as we sing this song. I 
in our lives is that we don't know how. You are an invisible God. You're an invisible Father. Even the guy I was with physically, I was confused. And this is what I want you to do. Father, I want to ask that you would give me skills and give me practices that I can pick up in my life that shows that I make you a priority. Whether it is a devotion, whether it is prayer time, whether it's coming to church early, whether it's uh, giving. What is it in your life right now that you make a commitment to your Father? I want you to make a commitment to know Him. I want you to make a commitment to love Him. What is that one thing? What is that one thing? What is that one thing? I heard T.D. Jake say that when you come for the sermon, it's still God giving to you. But when you come for worship, it's you giving to your Father. You have one opportunity to worship and give Him praise. Come early and give your Father the highest praise. Just be loved by you. 
want you to stand to your feet as I share with you a story. Many of you know that we adopted our boys. And then one of the challenging things was our boys accepting our love. So we would look in their eyes and they would look away. I think they didn't know what to do with their love. A true story. They used to not be able to look us in the eye. And when I think that this is what our father has done for us, that our father truly loves us, but we are dodging him. Did you guys hear me? We're dodging him. And I get you've been abandoned. I get your physical father caused bitterness to rise in you. I get you feel left out. But your father in heaven. But your father in heaven. But your father in heaven. Not just for us, but for our children. That they would know him, not just about him. Amen my prayer this month that this month the Lord will rock up for us as our father this month the Lord would rock up for you and your children because he sent Jesus his only son so that we may, we may be adopted into his father into his family because really we are adopted into the family amen you have a right you are sons of God. Father, we thank you for the privilege of knowing you as Father. We thank you for the privilege of being loved by you. And this month, I pray that you will tear down every wall, every bitterness, every space where we have felt abandoned that your love would reach into our hearts and our souls. Your love would reach into our lives very practically that we would know and experience you as a good father. That we would be loved by you and that our hearts would experience you and our lives would experience you in a different way. And so Father, we have come and laid our request which is to know you, to love you, to experience you. And our commitment is to walk in obedience. Rock up, Father. Rock up, Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, and meet with us. Come, Papa, and meet with us. Come and answer us when we call out to you. And I wait with expectation. Because my God is good. My God is good. My God is good. In Jesus' name, I pray on all God's people saying, May the Lord do you well this week. God bless you. See you next Sunday. Amen. Amen.